Welcome to the SB Live California podcast. I'm your host, Connor Morissette. Baseball season, we're about a month in, so I'm joined by the great Les Lukach, State Scouting Director for PBR California. We're going to break down the first month of the season, ask some questions about Les's favorite players, favorite pitchers, hitters, all that great stuff. Les, how are you doing? Thanks so much for being with me. Ah, thanks for having me, Connor. Doing well, you know, busy part of the season, about halfway through, and, uh, you know, it's about to get really fun here. Yeah, and it's nice it's not truncated like it was last year. It was great that baseball was played a year ago, but I, I'm glad that the seasons have returned to normal, so we get the full early, or late February, March, April, and then all the way into to May, and if you're really good, you play into June. So, a month into the year, which SoCal team to you do you think has the best lineup? If you were an opposing coach and you had to play this team, who are you the most afraid of from a best lineup perspective? You know, it's funny uh, you asked that question. I had this conversation the other day with somebody, and, you know, you look back at the Jay Sarah team from last year, and that lineup top to bottom just kind of, you know, strikes fear into any opposing pitcher or team. And, you know, of all the games that I've seen so far here in the Southern section this season, I, I, I can't seem to put my finger on a lineup where top to bottom, one through nine, you say, okay, we got to be really careful with these guys. But, you know, that doesn't mean that there aren't some good lineups out there. Obviously, you know, Orange Lutheran, their lineup is really good. Cypress's lineup is really good. Uh, you know, Harvard Westlake, uh, despite, you know, losing some quality players in their lineup, uh, their lineup is just producing right now. Uh, Ukaipa's is really stacked as well. Uh, you know, but if, if I had to pick one, uh, you know, I, I'd probably go with Orange Lutheran. Uh, there's not a lot of holes in that lineup. Uh, and, you know, even when you got a kid like Ben Ryland batting in the eight hole, uh, you know, that, that tells you the quality of the depth of that lineup. Certainly. And I think the next question has to do with best pitching staff and you can make the case for Orange Lutheran again, right? You certainly can, right? Especially with the top two guys there with Santos and Rodriguez. I mean, I was looking up some stats the other day on Rodriguez, and he has something like 41 strikeouts and only one walk this season, which is unreal uh, for a pitcher. Uh, you know, but, you know, once you get past those two guys, it gets a little dicey with them. Uh, you know, they, they kind of do a Johnny Holstaff approach there with the third game uh, of their series. Uh, I really like what St. John Bosco is doing on the mound. Uh, they're, they're being, they're pitching really, really well. Uh, you know, we had a chance to talk to coach uh, Barbara there at the SoCal media day. And, and, you know, he, he expressed his, his love for his guys and, you know, rightfully so, because that's a really good line, our, our pitching staff uh, right now, Notre Dame, uh, Sherman Oaks, uh, their pitching staff is, is uh, very talented, albeit, uh, you know, young at the top. Um, you, you know, you got a couple guys like Cole Clark, uh, but, you know, after that, you got a couple of freshmen who are sophomores uh, who are going to be really, really good uh, for them. But, you, you know, for me, uh, you know, if you got to pick one, you can't deny what Orange Lutheran's doing on the mound. I mean, I don't think they've given up more than three runs in a single game, uh, which in and of itself in high school baseball is really impressive. And how about Servite's pitching staff, too? I've been impressed with how the Friars have started the year. I think they've looked really strong. They have looked really strong, and I think what you're starting to see is uh, Xavier Cardenas is starting to hit his stride. I mean, he had a really good outing this week, and, uh, you know, if he can get going, that pitching staff's going to elevate. You know, you got guys like Cam Cluett coming in behind him. It's only a sophomore who's really getting it done. Uh, Chris Grotus, obviously, the senior going to UCLA, is also uh, pitching well, uh, you know, coming back from an injury. He's still uh, kind of on the road back, if you will, but he's doing a good job. And, you know, Sturbite, again, uh, 
again, you talked about the lineups earlier, and that lineup's really good too. And it seems as though they kind of had a little wake-up call there after their first series of the week uh, of the season there against Orange Lutheran. And, uh, you know, taking two out of the first two games there against Santa Margarita is nothing to snip at. Certainly. Which team has been the biggest surprise through the first month, would you say? Um. I would probably have to go with uh, a couple of teams. Uh, you, you know, let's start with Harvard Westlake. Uh, you know, they 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 lost. Uh, you know, their number two starter Duncan Marson an injury. They made the decision uh, that that Rainer is not going to throw this year. You know, they lost Christian Becerra to graduation last year. I mean, that's three potential aces on the mound uh, that they lost, and and yet here they are sitting at thirteen two and one. Uh, you know, playing the best competition in Southern California. Those guys have, have really been uh, a big surprise for me uh, personally. And the other guys I would have to say is King out in Riverside. Uh, you know, we knew that they were talented. Uh, we didn't necessarily know too much about their pitching staff as a whole. Uh, but, you know, those guys are getting it done uh, in a really tough competitive Big 8 league. Certainly. When that league, uh, all those teams start playing each other, it's going to be a lot of fun with Corona, Norco. And I, I'm excited to see how, how, that, how that goes. Les, who are some of the players who have really impressed you to start the year? It can be the biggest names. It can be some kids who are under the radar. Who have you gone to go out and watch and you left saying, oh, wow, he had a great game? Oh, there's been a number of guys, particularly in the freshman class. Uh, you know, if you head out to Vista Marietta, Ryland Dusan is only a freshman there. But, I mean, he shows all the tools and skill sets that – you know, are going to make him a highly coveted Division One recruit. Uh, he's currently uncommitted. You stay there at Vista Marietta. Von Necker, who we have in the uh, number one player in the freshman class, uh, is going to be really, really good on the mound. He's, you know, low 90s guy. He's committed to LSU. Uh, you know, head over into Orange County. Michael Romero has done everything expected of him. Um, and, and I think he's even gone beyond that to some point. Uh, you know, sticking in the Trinity League, Jay Sarah, uh, Ru, uh, Fujiwara, uh, Lou Fujiwara there uh, has been really impressive. You know, he's kind of moved out from the shortstop out into the outfield now and uh, is, is doing a, a really good job there. Uh, Matthew Morell at Cypress High School uh, is going to be, in my opinion, uh, a very, very talented player. He's an Oregon State commit, two-sport guy. Uh, you know, plays football at a very high level for them. And uh, he, you know, on the mound, he's he's really good. He, he's kind of run into a bit of a rough patch here the last couple of weeks. But, uh, you know, he's very, very talented player. Is there a player who hasn't been recruited much that you expect will start to get more attention in the future? You know, it's tough to say. Uh, you know, obviously baseball is a little bit different than basketball and football where, you know, those guys announce their – on Twitter and Instagram, the, every offer they get, and, you know, 400 offers and whatnot. But, you know, baseball tends to stay away from that sort of behavior, which is refreshing, if you will. But, uh, you, you know, a guy like Chase Cummings at Orange Lutheran, very talented infielder, can play second, third, short, uh, can even move into the outfield, is, is hitting really well uh, for them. Uh, you, you know, I, I go back to Fujiwara. I think he's, he's an incredibly talented player who's going to have a lot of recruiting attention. Uh, if you head up into Torrance, uh, Brenner Wyolama, uh, he was a USC commit, so I don't know if he qualifies for this question. Uh, he's currently uncommitted, but uh, that won't last very long. He, he's a very, very uh, special talent on the mound and only 16 uh, as a junior, which uh, will help him next year going into the draft. For better or for worse, and I can ask you maybe if you think it's a good thing, we see high school kids get drafted and 
Sometimes they go, a lot of times they opt out and play in college. Who in the 2022 class are the surefire first-round picks in, in your eyes? Guys who will probably go right from high school to the minors and then eventually the majors who will skip college. You know, if we're talking Southern section players, it's, it's, it's really tough, right? You talk to, I talked to a lot of scouts about, about this particular question and uh, you know, there doesn't seem to be a slam dunk first rounder here in the Southern section, which is pretty unique here in the last five, six, seven years. Uh, but again, Romero is probably at the top of that list, you know, left-handed hitting shortstop who is showing the ability to stay at shortstop. Uh, there is some conversation about him going anywhere between the mid to late first round, you know, no later than the third round, uh, you know, but in terms of, of slam dunk first round picks uh, in this 2022 class, you know, there doesn't seem to be any slam dunk guys, uh, you know, but if you look ahead to the 2023 class, uh, there, there appears to be a couple of guys that, that will fit that bill here in the Southern section. How it's been explained to me is that if you're offered a million dollars, usually you go. And if you don't, usually you stay. Is it as simple as that? Or is there a little bit more to that? I think it, it was as simple as that. I think what you're seeing now with the NLI here in college baseball uh, college athletics as a whole is going to change the game, right? Because, you know, particularly with some of these power five programs that are able to offer significant uh, NLI packages coming in, uh, you're going to see guys, right. That are going to decide, Hey, I, I'd rather go play say in the sec in front of 15,000 people and, you know, fly charter planes and luxury buses uh, as opposed to being, you know, in the backwoods of Tennessee on a, you know, yellow school bus type transportation, uh, you know, and get and, and live like royalty, quite frankly, you know, being an SEC baseball player. Uh, so I think the game's going to change a little bit as a result of that. Uh, but generally, uh, you know, that million dollar mark, um, you know, even a little bit lower, you know, six, seven, eight hundred thousand. It all really depends on the player himself, as you know. Uh, you know, if, if there's a significant opportunity at a power five program, do you, you know, you got to weigh that, right? Do I want to take five hundred thousand dollars and lose half of that to taxes, or you know, go play in the SEC and and bet on myself and try to come out of there with a two, three million dollar bonus? Uh, but I think you know, generally the rule of thumb uh, has been, you know, million dollars you're gone, uh, but. As as we've seen here in the last couple of years, uh, you know, 500,000 seems to be kind of that new million dollar mark. Uh, you know, we're seeing guys signing and passing up an opportunity to play power five baseball, uh, you know, for 500,000, $400,000 in some cases. Interesting. You mentioned how good the 2023 class is. Who are some of the names down the line you think could get drafted from that class? Well, I think you got to start with Gavin Grahovic uh, over at Villa Park. Uh, you got Will Burns. Uh, over at Tribuco, you got Luke Schur uh, out at Ukaipa. Uh, you know, list kind of goes on and on. There, there's there's four or five, and that doesn't even get into the pitchers. Uh, you got four or five guys uh, who you know potentially fit that bill. I, I will go back to the 22 class. Uh, you know, a guy that that's getting a lot of attention from scouts and rightfully so. Two guys, uh, both of them at Sierra Canyon, uh, Jaden Newton, Cassius Thomas. Uh, Thomas, I believe from all reports is headed to school 
Uh, I don't know that he's going to get the uh, type of bonus offer that would would sway him from that very academic kid. Uh, you know, but word on the street is that, you know, Jaden Newt has, has significant interest in, in starting his pro career. Uh, you know, and that's a guy who could listen, uh, right handed pitchers that throw 94, 95 miles an hour with a, a power curveball and a sinking changeup, uh, you know, tend to sign <laughs> and get their career started. So, uh, you know, he could be one of those guys, along with Romero, that pops up into that first round. Could you take me through how the year works from a scouting perspective? How often does PBR change the rankings? When does that happen? What are the big events outside of high school that you look at to scout guys? Uh, just take me through what your year looks like as a scout. I find that very interesting. Yeah, we, we update our rankings quarterly. Uh, we actually, this week, we've released all four classes. Um, and, you know, we'll do it again here probably the start of June. Uh, and then we'll do it again at the end of summer uh, and then kind of it towards the end of fall ball and winter ball. Uh, but for me, it uh, you know the, you asked about the events. Uh, you know, obviously our own events are very important to us. The uh, some of our bigger events, you know, the state games, our future games. Uh, we do a lot of big tournaments where we're able to evaluate guys. Uh, some of the national events uh, for me, I, I, you know, I, I'm kind of an old school guy and and still value very much what uh, area code games does. Uh, it's a premier event for us to be able to kind of compare apples to apples when you see a kid from Southern California playing against the best competition from the Midwest. Uh, it's, it's really a good opportunity to evaluate guys uh, versus similar competition, uh, you know, and, and conversely, you know, same thing with NorCal since there's two teams from California in that event. Uh, you know, then, uh, you know, there, there are other national events that, that we cover, uh, uh, you know, that allow us the opportunity to, again, compare apples to apples, right? Because we see, you know, these guys playing against each other so much. Uh, it's good to be able to see those guys compete against guys from other states and, you know, really see where they fit, where they fit in and in, in those rankings. This might be putting you on the spot. I like to ask scouts this question. Is there someone who from the past you had a high grade on that maybe others didn't have as high of a grade on and you've ultimately been proven right now that they're doing well either in college or in the pros when i ask that does anyone come to mind oh man you are putting me on the spot (laughs) (laughs) if you want to opt out by all means no, 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 by, by no means. Uh, you know, we, we had a pretty high grade on Nick Allen early in his career, um, you know, down at Francis Parker. We had an opportunity to see him as a freshman and, and, and felt really good about his his possibilities, um, you know, in the future. Uh, you know, obviously that, that, that played itself out and, and, you know, scouts, professional scouts caught on, uh, you know, as he matriculated into his junior and senior seasons. Um, you know, that's the advantage I think we have versus kind of pro scouts is that, you know, we see guys starting their freshman year uh, and are really able to get a, a, a significant file on them, you know, over three, four years. Whereas, you know, a lot of times the professional scouts, you know, they're introduced to players, uh, you know, their junior year, sometimes uh, their sophomore years, uh, you know, and they're able to kind of start jotting down notes. But those guys are so busy with the current draft class that that's their focus. That's their job is the current draft class. And, uh, you know, I have a lot of conversations with those guys saying, hey, you know, there's a junior coming up that you want to get in on a little earlier uh, than others. And, and in many cases, those guys will you know, take a look at those guys and, and, and invite them to play on their scout ball teams or, or whatever it might be. But again, I think that for us, that that's the big advantage is, 
you know, they're, they're in a, professional scouts in a lot of cases are out to see one, maybe two players in a game. Uh, whereas we're out there to, you know, see all 18 starters and, and really start getting those notebooks on those guys. Is it accurate to say Harvard Westlake's Bryce Rayner is the best prospect in Southern Section High School baseball, or is it not as cut and dry as that? Again, you're putting me on the spot. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, best overall for, for all four classes is what you you mean? May, I mean, he's number one, or did it move? I haven't seen the most updated ones. And I'll quickly plug PBR. I've been a few years now a subscriber. It's awesome what you guys are doing um and it really uh, helps out with, with what i'm doing is he still number one he, he is number one nationally and and in california in the 24 class I, I mean this is a special talent i mean in my opinion he's a slam dunk first rounder uh in the opinion of a lot of people he's a slam dunk first rounder you know and the thing that that intrigues me is that you know, Harvard Westlake played in our preseason tournament and uh, it was the first time I got a chance to see Bryce since last summer and chatted with him a little bit and he's put on 15 pounds and you know that sort of work ethic is going to continue and uh, you know I like to tell the story that his last pitch his freshman year was 93 miles an hour and you know he's going to come back his junior year 20 to 30 pounds heavier so you know that's a daunting proposition uh, but in, in terms of uh, you know being the the top pro prospect you know I think uh, I think that's fair. Um, you know, I think that's fair. I think you're going to get some argument from, you know, the Gavin Grohovic camp, the Will Burns camp. Uh, you know, those guys are special talents in, in, in themselves. But I think what you're going to see with Bryce Rayner is, uh, you know, he'll be a top 10 pick uh, by all in all likelihood uh, and, and a guy who is going to really travel through the minor league system very quickly, you know, obviously barring any significant injury. Um, you know, this is a guy you could easily see in the big leagues by 21 or 22. Is resting him, is that to just avoid injuries? Is that, is that all it is? You know, he had a lot of a lot of work going into his freshman year, pitching for the 15U national team, uh, you know, the USA team there, and obviously the the rest of the stuff he did in the summer. He had a pretty heavy workload last last year um, as a as a freshman there for Harvard Westlake. Um, you know, and he threw quite a bit during the summer. I think personally, I think it's a fantastic decision um, made by his head coach Jared Halpert. And, you know, obviously the family agreed. Uh, you know, I, I think what you're going to see is a guy that's going to come back bigger, stronger, more athletic, uh, rested, uh, most importantly. Uh, and he's going to have two years to to really establish himself as the premier prospect in his class, which he did after a fantastic freshman season. So uh, in my opinion, I think it's a great move. Um, and it's probably something you're going to see a little more of here uh, as we move into the future. Let's get back to some questions from this season. A few more, and Les, thank you so much for the time. This is so interesting and so great. If you were a head coach who needed a starter to win you one game and you could choose any arm in SoCal, who would you choose and why? And feel free to give a couple answers if uh, you don't just have one. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think, you know, if he were still pitching, I would say Bryce Rayner, uh, you know, because he, he's, he's just, he, he's that good. Um, you know, there, there's a few guys here that, that come to mind, uh, you know, Austin Castillo out at, out at King is a, is a really good pitcher. Um, who's getting it done for them this year. Uh, Oliver Santos, Luis Rodriguez at Olu, uh, as we mentioned, um, those, those guys are, are good, really good. Uh, but the way it's, kind of been shaping up 
uh, this year, you know, the Orozco kid, uh, Julian Orozco down at St. John Bosco, uh, he's been nails, man. Uh, you know, I was uh, watching some highlights from their game against uh, Jay Sarah the other day, and, you know, he got himself into a bind, and, and he works himself out of it, and he's been doing that for a few years there now for Bosco, and, uh, you know, he's, he's going to be put in some big – big situations here in the coming weeks as, as they progress through their schedule. Uh, but, uh, you know, those are four or five guys. I think that, you know, if I needed to get a W, uh, yeah, I'd feel more than comfortable throwing those guys out on the mound. Is Orozco a late bloomer in the sense of his recruitment? Is he a guy who could still find a home at the D1 level? I'm not sure what's going on with his recruitment. Do you know? You know, I think for sure he's a D1 pitcher. Um, in my opinion, after watching him for the last couple of years, in, in my opinion, he's a Division One pitcher. Uh, you know, we obviously recruiting got messed up with COVID, and then now roster sizes on college campuses are are, are crazy big. And uh, you know, the the we thought that the 2021 class was going to be you know, one of the most affected classes, but we're starting to see that trickle down effect here into the 2022 class. But he's been doing this, like I said, for a couple of years, man. He's, he's a really good pitcher um, you know, who knows how to pitch, most importantly, uh, you know, competes on the mound and, and doesn't give in to hitters. Uh, I think there's some recruiting, you know, attention that he's starting to get, uh, whether it's at the Division One or Division Two level, um, you know, where he, where he ends up remains to be seen, obviously. Uh, but this is a guy certainly certainly deserving of an opportunity uh, to pitch beyond high school. Awesome. I love to hear those stories of the kids who are maybe overlooked and then they have a big year and it's impossible to overlook them after they do so well. So I'll keep watching him. Who has the best swing in Southern California high school baseball? The smoothest swing. A guy, when you watch him, you say, oh man, that is a thing of beauty. Oh man, there, there's quite a few of them. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, I go back to Rainer. Uh, you know, his swing from the left side is, is pretty, man, and it, it generates a lot of power. Uh, you know, from a frame that's you know not nowhere near done what it's going to be uh, done being what it's going to be here in a few years. Uh, Derek Curiel at Orange Lutheran has a very pretty swing. Uh, you know, you got you, you got a copy off guard. Will Burns uh, again. Uh, I go back to Will. Uh, Gavin Grahovic, man, for for as big as and physical as he is, you know, there's a lot of fluidity to his swing. And I was mentioning this on another podcast. The thing that I like about Grahovic's swing is is he you don't see him strike out a lot. Uh, you know, he puts the ball in play, and and a lot of times, you know, that ends up in base hits, doubles, that you know, home runs, whatever it might be. But he he doesn't swing and miss a lot, and and I think that's what elevates him in my mind at least uh you, you know as one of the one of the better hitters um in, in his class and uh you, you know we talk about uh, eric batanti out at aquinas uh that's a swing that uh you know it, it, it's uh it, it, it's it's picture perfect, man. From the left side, you know he he's got the power. He's got the ability to go the other way. Um, you know those those guys, I think, are are really uh, uh, kind of head and shoulders above the rest when it comes to their ability to to hit the ball and put the ball in play. And uh, you know, not a lot of strikeouts from any of those five guys. Les, we'll get you out of here with this. To me, it seems like Orange Lutheran is the favorite to win D one in the Southern Section. First, do you agree? And then B, who else? do you think has a ch- chance at the D1 crown? Well, I, I think, 
you know, you have to put them at the top, right? I mean, with what they're doing right now uh, this season, it, it, it has the makings of a special season. Uh, you know, but there's, there's a, as you know, Division One, the one and done here in Southern California is, is brutal, right? Uh, you know, guys, teams can go, you know, 28-0 and lose in the first round to a hot pitcher or, you know, the second round to a hot pitcher. And uh, But I think other teams you have to consider, uh, you, you got to consider uh, Huntington Beach. Uh, you know, they've had a little bit of a roller coaster season, but uh, with those arms that they have, they can beat anybody on any given day. Uh, I go back to Harvard Westlake. Uh, you talk about Ukaipa, uh, they're really good. Santa Margarita has been, you know, a pleasant surprise this season uh, in what they're doing. And, and it, you know, you go back to Servite uh, with their ability to pitch and their ability to defend and hit. Uh, you know, they, I don't know if they're one of the favorites, but they'll certainly uh, be in the mix there uh, in Division One. That's Les Lukacs, State Scouting Director for PBR California. Les, I put you on the hot seat with a couple of those, so thank you so much, man. Appreciate it. Connor, man, I can't thank you enough for having me on. This has been awesome.